Good evening, my friends, and welcome back to 62 Horror Movies with Josh Hitchens, that's me, where I host a creepy double feature every night throughout the month of October. Come join me, won't you? Tonight is October 13th, my friends, and 13, of course, is a fortuitous number during the Halloween season, and you are going to find out in just a few minutes how the number 13 figures into one of the movies we're going to watch tonight, uh, which was a happy coincidence. I did not plan it. Uh, so tonight, October 13th on 62 Horror Movies, is Scary Stop Motion Night. And stop motion is a way of filmmaking that has always been very rare, but also enormously effective. It is rarely done because it takes a lot of time and is very expensive. Uh, so the way you do stop motion is you create your, you know, figures of your characters, uh, but you have to have, you know, every possible expression you want them to have. You need uh, all of their limbs to be easily movable. So there is a tremendous amount of craftsmanship that goes into that. Uh, and then all your sets are to scale with those uh figures as well and have to be very detailed so again there's a lot of craftsmanship uh that goes into that and so stop motion takes a tremendous amount of time to do because basically to do it you photograph one frame at a time and then you change your character's expression slightly or their or their body position slightly and that and you do that one frame at a time until you have a movie and that takes a long 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 time uh, and a lot of money which is why you don't see stop motion very much nowadays um, but when you do see it it is usually always memorable and there are two great horror stop-motion classics that we're gonna watch and talk about tonight. The first is a movie that you have probably never heard of, but that's gonna change now, called Mad Monster Party, released in 1966. And our second feature of the night is going to be a movie that everyone has heard of, as they should, The Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993. Uh, so it's going to be a fun night, folks. So Mad Monster Party is a feature-length, theatrically released film that was made by Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass, who is known to all, I think, for their stop-motion animation Christmas specials, of which there are legion, most famously Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 
and many, 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 many others. Um, they really cornered that market uh, for quite a time. Uh, one of my favorite underrated Rankin-Bass Christmas specials is The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which is an adaptation of a book by L. Frank Baum, who wrote The Wizard of Oz. And it's basically like the pagan story of Santa Claus. It's fabulous. Watch it. But what pretty much everyone does not know is that in 1966, that same animation company, Rankin Bass, that uh, was famous for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, actually made a horror movie. Um, a funny horror movie, but still a horror movie. And it is called Mad Monster Party, question mark, uh, according to the opening credits. I don't quite know why there's a question mark at the end of this title. Um, it's a choice, uh, but there it is. Uh, and Mad Monster Party collects all of the monsters that you would want to have, all the classic ones, and it also has, like The Nightmare Before Christmas, really, really, really terrific songs. And Mad Monster Party be, um, has a little prologue, and then it has the main title credit song, Mad Monster Party, sung by the great Ethel Ennis. And it goes a bit like this. And one of the things that is truly great about Mad Monster Party is that aside from Ethel Ennis, who sings the amazing theme song to this movie, uh, there are only four actors in this film. And there are a lot of characters, but there are only four actors in this film. And I will talk about them individually very briefly getting top billing as he should is the one and only boris karloff as baron boris von frankenstein uh boris karloff is of course um the actor who played frankenstein's monster in the universal movies beginning with frankenstein in 1931 uh really 
so many great roles, incredibly memorable horror actor. And he plays um, Baron von Frankenstein in Mad Monster Party. And this is actually the final time that Boris Karloff played anything related to Frankenstein uh, after Mad Monster Party in 1966. Um he never did anything Frankenstein-related again. So that alone, I think, is, you know, for a horror fan worth checking Mad Monster Party out. But there's so much more. Um, you also have uh, Gail Garnett as Francesca, Boris uh, Baron von Frankenstein's very beautiful assistant who has some sort of secret agenda throughout the movie that I won't spoil. And you also have fucking Phyllis Diller in this movie, which is just a, a wonderful, wonderful gift. Phyllis Diller plays the monster's mate. Because at the time Mad Monster Party was made, I believe the, the actual name Frankenstein was still under copyright. So they don't use the name Frankenstein ever in this movie. Uh, he's called the monster. Phyllis Diller plays the monster's mate, a.k.a. the Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, she also sometimes calls him Fang for reasons that are never explained, and it doesn't matter. Um, but Phyllis Diller, uh, like, is basically playing herself, and playing herself is so wonderful. And the character of the monster's mate is even made to resemble her, has that same sort of crazy cloud of white hair. And Phyllis Diller has one of the many great songs in Mad Monster Party, a song called You're Different, um, which she sings to uh, her husband, the monster, a.k.a. Fang, who cannot speak. Um, and they don't even try to disguise that it's anyone but Phyllis Diller. Like, it's her same kind of comedy in the way the jokes land, and they use her iconic laugh over and over and over again in Mad Monster Party, and it's fantastic. Uh, so that's three actors. There is a fourth actor, and that fourth actor plays almost every single character in this movie, and this was a fact that I did not actually realize until I went to do the research to make this podcast, and I am so impressed, and I think you will be too. So, that fourth actor is a man named Alan Swift. The fact that I was today years old when I realized that Alan Swift played all but three characters in Mad Monster Party is really... All you need to hear about his brilliance. Um, this was a childhood favorite of mine. I have seen Mad Monster Party well over a hundred times easily. Uh, but Alan Swift was a voice actor who had a long and illustrious career, lived to be in his 90s. Um, <clears throat> he also played the voice of 
underdog. Uh, and I think I'm 35. I'm one of... I might be the last generation that actually watched the original underdog cartoons. They did good Halloween specials as well, by the way. But in Mad Monster Party... Alan Swift plays the main male lead of Felix Flanken, who is sort of the ultimate nerd, uh, but he's the nephew of Baron von Frankenstein, and he is summoned to the island of evil um, to hear uh, Baron von Frankenstein announce a new scientific first, which we find out uh, before the opening credits is the means to destroy all life. Um, because Frankenstein, a uh, Baron Frankenstein, of course, uh, found out how to create life. Now he's found out how to destroy it. And he invites Felix Flankham to the island of evil. And also all of the main horror villains that you would expect. And they are all played by Alan Swift. Alan Swift, in addition to Felix Flanken, also plays Count Dracula. He plays the monster, a.k.a. Fang, um, the Frankenstein's monster character. He plays the werewolf. He plays the hunchback of Notre Dame. He plays the Invisible Man. He plays Dr. Jekyll. He plays Mr. Hyde. And he plays It, which is the guest that all the other horror characters are terrified of. Uh, and you don't find out what It is until near the end of the movie. It is not Pennywise the Clown. This is 20 years before Stephen King uh, got his hands on the name It for a horror character. Uh, but that's not all the characters that Alan Swift plays. Alan Swift also plays Yetch, the zombie servant. He also plays the Italian chef in Frankenstein's castle. He plays Mr. Cronkite, Felix's uptight boss at the pharmacy. Uh, he plays the sea captain. He plays the first mate. And he plays a mailman. He plays almost every character in this movie, and they're all so distinct. And one of the great delights of Alan Swift's performance is that he models several of the voices he does on other actors. Um, like uh, Yetch, he looks and sounds just like Peter Lorre, uh, most famous uh, for being in the Maltese Falcon. Uh, Felix's voice is an imitation of uh, Jimmy Stewart. The Invisible Man's voice is Sidney Greenstreet, also in the Maltese Falcon. And the sea captain near the beginning of the film is uh, made to sound like Charles Lawton. And there's also an interesting Mad Magazine uh, connection to Mad Monster Party in a way that is interesting. Uh, the creator of Mad Magazine, Harvey Kurtzman, wrote the script for Mad Monster Party. And one of the chief artists of Mad Magazine, Jack Davis, 
designed most of the characters. And uh, Alan Swift was also uh, affiliated with Mad Magazine as well. Uh, so that's a fun little thing uh, that you can totally see once you watch the movie, as you know that. Uh, so, as I said, I grew up with this movie on VHS, and on VHS for many years, the only print of Mad Monster Party that was available was um, an old 16mm print that was had very washed-out color. It was really almost black and white, like only very, very, very bright colors like Francesca's red hair showed up as color. Uh, in the version that I grew up watching like a hundred times. Um, but they have come out with a DVD and Blu-ray complete restoration of Mad Monster Party, um, which is much, much more colorful than the version I grew up with. And I have to be honest, it still does seem weird to me that Boris Karloff's Baron von Frankenstein in the... It restored version has flesh tones <laughs> because in the version I grew up with he was just like black and white like he walked out of a Frankenstein movie from the 30s and there is a charm to that that I love um I think Mad Monster Party is a neglected classic it is hugely entertaining clearly lovingly made and crafted and it has so, so many great songs. So I highly recommend you check it out. It is sadly not streaming, but you can rent or buy it either digitally or physically for a pretty good price. And if you're a horror fan, if you love Rankin-Bass, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and all the other <laughs> Christmas stuff they did... You, sh you should buy this. You're going to enjoy it. So watch Mad Monster Party, and then we'll come back for our second feature of the night, which I know you're also looking forward to. Of course, the opening credits to The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, released in 1993, our second feature of the night. It's hard for me to talk about The Nightmare Before Christmas because it means so much to me. Uh, so this... M and to the question, is this a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? The answer is, it's both. But it was released just before Halloween in 1993, so that's what I'm going with. <clears throat> I 
Uh, being the young horror fan I was, saw this movie in theaters multiple times, and I knew when it was going to be released on VHS, so I tricked my grandmother into uh, going uh, to Walmart, uh, and she bought me The Nightmare Before Christmas VHS, and I immediately went back to her house and watched it. This is a movie that means a lot to a, so many people for a lot of reasons. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas is a movie that was conceived by Tim Burton. Uh, Tim Burton worked at Walt Disney Animation for a long time early in his career. That's how he sort of cut his teeth. Uh, but never really fit in there because obviously his uh, vision of things was a lot weirder and darker than Disney wanted, more full them. Uh, but they still let him make Frankenweenie and, and that very weird and almost never seen samurai adaptation of Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> um, but The Nightmare Before Christmas originated as a poem that Tim Burton wrote, and he drew um, the main characters in the story. But at the time that The Nightmare Before Christmas finally came to be made, it was not directed by Tim Burton, and I think that is a fact that is often neglected. The Nightmare Before Christmas was directed by Henry Selick, um, who also, after this, went on to direct a really excellent stop-motion animation version of James and the Giant Peach, which had a cameo by Jack Skellington, by the way. Um, because Tim Burton was directing uh, Batman Returns at the time that Disney greenlighted The Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's how Henry Slick uh, it came to do this. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas, of course, has amazing, amazing songs. We all know them. They're ingrained in you. Uh, if you're listening to this and have not seen The Night Before Christmas, The Nightmare Before Christmas, I'm very, very surprised. Um, and those songs are written and often performed by Danny Elfman, who was Tim Burton's go-to composer for many, many years. Um, also uh, had the band Oingo Boingo. But Danny Elfman composed and wrote the songs for The Nightmare Before Christmas and also plays the singing voice of Jack Skellington, the king of Halloween Town. And I think Jack Skellington was actually my first crush, if I'm being honest. Um, but Danny Elfman, brilliant as he is, does not do the speaking voice of Jack Skellington. He only does the singing, which is hugely important. But Jack's speaking voice is done by the actor Chris Sarandon, 
who has also had a lovely career in horror movies, including Fright Night, which I mentioned on a previous episode. Uh, and he just does a lovely job. Uh, also in this movie is the brilliant actor Catherine O'Hara as Sally the Ragdoll. Catherine O'Hara, most people know her, uh, at least in the past couple years, as um, the mother in Beetlejuice, and she's amazing in that. Uh, she's also the mother in Home Alone, also amazing in that. Uh, she's also in a lot of the uh, Christopher Guest improv movies, including Waiting for Guffman and A Mighty Wind She and Best in Show. She's amazing in all of them. Catherine O'Hara really is one of the most brilliant performers, I think, that is still alive. And I'm so glad she won an Emmy for for her work in the final season of Schitt's Creek, uh, in which she's also brilliant. Watch Schitt's Creek if you haven't. It's, it will improve your life. Catherine O'Hara is also a great singer, which not a lot of people know. And she has Sally's song in The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I think is one of the moments in this movie that everyone always remembers. So The Nightmare Before Christmas is about, of course, Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King of Halloween, who has grown kind of sad and melancholy with his role and he finds a clearing in the woods nearby and he finds himself in Christmas town and he brings the whole Christmas idea to Halloween town and decides that he's going to overtake it and this year be the one who delivers Christmas to the ordinary mortals. And that also opens up the subplot of, um, you know, Santa Claus being kidnapped by Oogie Boogie, the main villain of this movie. Uh, Catherine O'Hara also uh, plays uh, one of Lock, Shock, and Barrel, who are sort of Oogie Boogie's um, hench people. And Paul Rubens, also known for his comedy persona, Pee Wee Herman, plays Locke um, in The Nightmare Before Christmas as well. There's a lot of great vocal talent. It is an impeccably designed movie. It creates a world that you want to get lost into. And I understand why there have been so many attempts to make a sequel to this movie over the years, but I'm kind of glad there hasn't been. I'm kind of glad that The Nightmare Before Christmas stands by itself as one of those movies that almost everyone has seen, and it's one of those movies that earns that badge proudly. 
it has so much to say about a lot of things, uh, but also about the enjoyment of Halloween and Christmas about those who want to hear a story that is a little strange. Again, I can't imagine that anyone listening to this hasn't seen The Night Before Christmas, The Nightmare Before Christmas, but if you have not, I hope you enjoy it. So watch it now. It is streaming on Disney Plus. And after you watch, we'll come back and close out the night. Thank you for listening. To 62 Horror Movies with Josh Hitchens. That's me. Tomorrow night, I feel like it's time for some satanic panic. Tomorrow night, we're going to watch Rosemary's Baby from 1968 and Hereditary from 2018. Until then, Happy Halloween, my friends. <laughs>